What's going on, fellas? It's your boy, Manpreet, a.k.a. MMA Lock of the Night, and your guy on Twitter, at MMALOTN. This week, we're going over UFC Vegas 21, headlined by Leon Edwards and Bilal Mohammed. If you guys remember, Bilal Mohammed is stepping in on short notice. He just competed uh, exactly a month ago, uh, and in he steps for Hamza Chimaev, who's just having horrible complications due to COVID-19, and this long-awaited bout between Leon Edwards and Hamzat continues to get pushed back uh, to the disarray of MMA fans all over the world. Luckily, we still get to see Leon Edwards go in there and compete for the first time since July of 2019 when he took a decision victory over Rafael Dos Anjos in a main event down there in San Antonio, Texas. Super excited for the card this week. In there's 13 fights, we had a couple drop off, a couple replacements hop in as well. Uh, one salary uh, or one matchup that we're still waiting for salaries on, but we can still get through this show, and I'm very much looking forward to breaking it down for you guys. Just a reminder, you guys can follow me at MMALOTN on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube as well. And if you guys go on the YouTube, you guys can find my full podcast that I drop for every single uh, UFC card um, you know, the, this is more so focused on the DraftKings side of things, whereas my channel is more so on the betting side of things. So if you guys want the full in-depth breakdown of the entire card, you guys can check out my channel, MMA LOTN. Also, I do want to plug my Patreon as well. Again, more betting uh, specific compared to DFS specific for Salvetri. Um, you guys get all my picks, early access to my uh, my prediction videos. Uh, a solid discord channel where we have a great community of people sharing picks and all other sports as well to uh, best bets and props article which i'm also giving you guys live betting tips so going into a fight you want to be prepared to potentially live bet it and you want to know what to be looking for on both sides and i provide that with you guys as well uh, we have over 220 members in the patreon so it's a very lively community and it's growing on a month-to-month basis and i'm super excited uh, to have more guy- more guys jump on uh, every single time uh, there's a UFC event. And again, it's only five bucks a month. Super cheap. You get a ton of value, um, a ton of bang for your buck. And uh, the, there's a ton to dissect in there. Um, and, and yeah, it, it truly helps out your boy for sure. Um, also, we do want to give a big shout out to our sponsors, Superdraft. Uh, if you guys use the promo code SAL, they'll match your initial deposit up to 500 bucks uh, in a slow drip format. So the difference with Superdraft and guys like DraftKings and, and FanDuel is that they're more uh, multiplier based. So it's not salary based. You can pick you know, all the favorites if you want, but you'll get a less uh, multiplier uh, on that as well too. The bigger an underdog, the more of a multiplier you get, so the more points you'll get uh, depending on how many points they actually end up scoring, and then you put that into the multiplier. Uh, but yeah, I, I love this format. You know, I mean, you're not restricted by salaries. You can pick whichever fighters you want, uh, and again, it's multiplier format, not salary format. So once again, that's uh, promo code SAL uh, when you guys sign up on Superdraft. And they'll match your initial deposit up to 500 bucks in a slow drip format. So make sure you guys check out Superdraft. Shout out Superdraft. All right. Uh, as you guys know, I, I just hone in on my lock of the night, dog of the night, fate of the night, and sleeper of the night on this uh, episode on Salvechi's channel. And if you guys want the in-depth breakdown on all 13 fights for this card, go check out my podcast. All the links are in the description below as well, too. So make sure you guys check that out. All right. Let's not get you guys, you know, 
fading any or, or waiting any longer. Let's get into the lock of the night play. We got my guy Leon Edwards at minus or at nine thousand points. Um, or sorry, nine thousand dollars. He's going to be my lock of the night play for this card. Now we got five. Uh, rounds to work with last time we saw him go five rounds he put up 99 points I'm expecting somewhat similar if not better points here against Bilal Mohammed, who I believe is just not on the same level as Leon Edwards Leon again he's coming off an uh, extended layoff here since the last time we saw him in July of 2019 but this guy has been primed and ready to go for several events now he was actually supposed to fight on the the last event before the whole coronavirus uh, thing went down and unfortunately for him uh, that fight gets pulled scrapped obviously due to COVID and he's supposed to go up against Tyron Woodley. We're talking about a guy, if he got a victory over Tyron Woodley last year, he would be talking about uh, you know getting himself into a title shot right now, fighting for the title, uh, rematching Kamaru Usman from a fight that happened way earlier in their careers. Um, so, you know, th- this guy is definitely on another level that has been fighting the top of the top in the division as well and making a very good account of himself. So not only was he scheduled to fight Tyron Woodley in March of last year, but he's been scheduled to fight Hamzat Shmaev three different times since I believe uh, December of last uh, this past year. Unfortunately, uh, the first time he caught COVID and then the second two times was Hamza Shmaev who was just dealing with uh, crazy, uh, you know, uh, unfortunate complications due to the, to, the, to the COVID-19. And so Leon Edwards has been on the sideline for a little bit longer than he should have been. But, uh, you know, luckily for him, Bilal Mohammed is stepping in on short notice here so he can finally get active, finally get inside the cage. Um... Leon Edwards, great striking, solid takedowns as well too. And now that's something that a lot of people overlook. They just want to label him as a striker. But he does a really good job of getting fights to the ground and do, uh, having a bunch of control time. You know, one of the better wrestlers that come out of the Brit- the British scene. British fighters are not really known for being good wrestlers, you know, albeit guys like Mike Grundy. But, uh, you know, Leon Edwards shows a great MMA game, a great understanding and a great fight IQ in terms of when to drag the fights to the ground. And even as a couple of submission victories on his record, too. So the, the guy definitely has a ton of, uh, you know, tricks up his sleeve and different ways to win fights. Very efficient fighter. His striking output may not seem like the most, but he does a good job of lulling his opponents into the same type of fight that he fights, but he's always just that much better. You know, great fight IQ in terms of when to take fights down. Uh, you know, solid uh, southpaw stance where he shows his great striking ability. Uh, he has a nasty kick down the middle as well, too, that really pushes his opponents back and uh, forces them to kind of second uh, second guess when they should be entry- entering and what kind of combinations they should be coming in with. Blah Muhammad, on the other hand, he's ever, he's forever been like a top... 10 to top 15 guy middle of the pack kind of guy um you know when the when the lights are brightest it seems like he falls a little bit short or at least when his level of competition is uh you know up there he seems to fall a bit short you know guys like jeff neal and vicente luque when he's going up against them he he ends up losing those fights but he's able to beat the curtis millinders the takashi satos the Lyman goods and the diego limas but this is another level with Leon Edwards. We're talking about a guy that was just on the cusp of fighting for a title. A number one contender fight. Bilal Muhammad is more so just doing a favor for the UFC for jumping into this fight. And he has a solid style, right? Stay in your face just like he showed in the Diego Lima fight. Stay in your face. Throw a couple shots out there. Try to mix in a couple takedowns. But I feel like once he feels the 
the the the striking style of Leon Edwards and the fact that he's not going to be able to get Leon down so easily or keep him down. Um, I think he's going to run into some trouble. It feels like when he doesn't respect his opponent as much, he's able to just let it go and and be lose kind of like he was in the Diego Lima fight. The only real uh, resistance he found in that fight was the calf kicks of Diego and Diego, you know. It seemed like he gassed halfway through that second round and he didn't really do a good job of, you know, following up his calf kicks with any of his boxing or any of his strikes from his hands. And I think that's what, what truly was his downfall and which allowed Bilal Muhammad to continue to push the pace, continue to push him up against the cage and, uh, you know, pretty much win that fight from pillar to post from minute one to minute 15. Now, uh, you know, Bilal Muhammad was complaining a couple of days later after that fight that, you know, his legs were beat up. He he got chewed up. It was hard for him to walk. You know, how do I fight a guy that calf kicks me? And now we're talking about, you know, three or four weeks later, he's jumping right back into the cage against the top of the to- top in the division. So I think he, he might show a little bit of, um, you know, wear and tear from that fight. So and this is not a fight that you want to be jumping in on short notice for. He has gone five rounds in his tight end FC days before coming to the UFC, but it's been a long time since then. And again, a shortened camp, not to mention some of the damage that he took in that Diego Lima fight. It's just a recipe for disaster for Bilal. It's a win-win for him, right? First ever main event, fighting a highly ranked guy in Leon Edwards. If he goes out there and goes five rounds and maybe wins a round or two over Leon, he's going to be, you know, his stock will rise, even if he loses this fight. But I think this is Leon Edwards' fight from, you know, from minute one to minute 25. He might drop one round here or there, but I don't think that he drops more than three rounds. And I think we see Leon Edwards uh, pretty much, you know, land takedowns, have some good top control, uh, you know, mixing his boxing in here and there. And I expect him to score in the hundreds, especially, uh, you know, with this being five rounds. And given the fact that I believe he'll be able to take Bilal Muhammad down pretty much whenever he wants earlier in this fight and that's rack up some good control time some good significant strikes or even some clinch work up against the cage there's some control time there as well too so i like leon edwards here uh definitely my lock of the night play for this coming weekend all right dog of the night play this one was a little bit harder because i really like matthias nicolau um as a dog from a betting perspective but from a dfs perspective i'm really liking jason witt in that 7800 range um you know he's going up against matthew semensberger this will be the second fight for semensberger in the ufc and the second full camp fight for jason witt in the ufc if you guys remember he made his ufc debut on short notice against takashi sato and got starched within a minute you know unfortunate uh, loss for him there but he bounces back with a strong showing against cole williams where he racked up 105.4 points you know taking the fight down pretty much at will uh and being able to control that fight and then eventually getting that submission in the second round he is a submission hunter eight of his 18 wins have come via submission and he's a very strong wrestler as well um you know he might be uh outsized here in terms of a three inch height disadvantage as well as a five inch reach disadvantage but i believe that his uh wrestling prowess will allow him to you know nullify that size advantage of matthew semmersberger get this fight to the ground pretty much over and over again and you know either ride out top control or i think he's live for a submission victory here too he has a ton of experience uh compared to samuelsberger talking about this is his 25th fight a pro mma fight compared to samuelsberger who's only going to be stepping in there for the 10th time um you know 
I think there's a little bit of recency bias here on Summersberger, given how good he looked against Carlton Minus. That was a fight where it was at a pick em, at pick em odds, but uh, you know Carlton Minus, from what we've seen thus far, is just not that great of a fighter. Not even a UFC level kind of guy. So Summersberger did a really good job of keeping that fight on the feet and landing big shots, more shots, and landing more volume than Carlton. And uh, you know he looked amazing in that fight. But I think that you know it kind of reminds me of the Donnie Chavez and Jared Gordon fight from a couple weeks ago, where like. A guy has a great uh, UFC debut, but it's more so how bad his opponent was compared to how good he actually is. And of course, you know, if you're good, you're just supposed to go out there and do exactly that to the guys that are much below your level. But then when you start coming up against guys like Jason Witt or Jared Gordon, you got to realize that, okay, this is another level. This is somebody where, you know, uh, fighting the way I fought Carlton Minus is just not going to cut it. I've seen the takedown defense deficiencies on Matthew Summersberger in his regional scene and not too long ago either. So I feel like uh, he's going to struggle here against the strength of Jason Wood and not to mention the wrestling uh, advantage that Jason will have as well. So I'd like Jason to get this fight down continuously. You know, I think he'll rack up more points than Nicolau unless Nicolau gets an early finish in his fight against Manal Kopp. Uh, But I like uh, Jason Wood to, you know, control time, strikes, uh, possible submission as well uh, at 7800 I think he's going to score maybe in the 80s 90s maybe even 100 especially if he's able to get that finish too so uh, I think he will definitely be my dog of the night here uh, from a betting perspective again I like Nikolau but from a DraftKings perspective I think Jason Witt is my favorite dog um, obviously Summersberger can go out there and absolutely starch him Jason Witt has been knocked out like I said two fights ago against Takashi Sato um, but I think that um, you know Summersberger's um, power uh, might be nullified by you know continuously moving back and dealing with the small cage that Jason would will thrive in with his wrestling and grappling attack. So I like Jason here. I think he gets takedowns. I think he gets a possible submission too, and he's definitely my dog of the night play here. Uh, before I jump on to the fate of the night, make sure you guys check out Salvetri's Patreon, where he has a bunch of tools to help you guys be super successful in your DraftKings, uh, you know, approach, your FanDuel approach. Uh, the guy uh, has great tools on there, great projections, and not to mention his MMA optimizer has been killing it as of late. So make sure you guys take full advantage of that. That's on Salvetri's channel. Again, the link is in the description below if you guys are interested in checking that out. All right, fate of the night. This was the same fate of the night for a couple of weeks ago, uh, and the fight, you know, did not end up happening that night. Now they're now it's happening this weekend. We got Ashley Yoder against uh, Angela Hill. My fate of the night is going to be Angela Hill. Now, you know, ninety, what she's at, ninety four hundred, in my opinion, is just way too big of a price here uh, for Angela Hill. You know, she should be a heavy favorite. It makes absolute sense from a betting perspective. But from a DraftKings perspective, I think she's going to have a lot of trouble getting Ashley Yoder out of there. So if she wins this fight, it's probably going to come via decision. And it's probably going to come strictly from a striking uh, perspective. You know, I don't see her getting takedowns against Yoder or even seeking takedowns. Nor do I think she's going to go up there and try to cage control Ashley Yoder. The best... Uh, work that Angela Hill does when she's in the cage is from distance, striking from distance, and just staying on the outside and picking apart her opponent from the outside, like I said. You know, so when she's beating girls via decision, it's like the Loma Lukbunmi fight, where she's only racking up about 64 points. 
you know, she finished Ariane Carnelosi and Hannah Cyphers and was able to get the 80 and 110 points. But Yoder is quite durable, in my opinion. And I think it's going to be very difficult for Hill to get her out of there. So at 9,400, I don't think she's going to live up to that price tag at all. So she's definitely going to be my fate of the night here. And, um, you know, I think you have much better options in this nine thousand dollar range compared to Hill, who's you know definitely not going to be scoring up to that, up to that, uh, or up to snuff, I should say. Ashley Yuri, on the other hand, I think she's quite live here. She could push uh, Angela Hill up against the cage, rack up some control time, and if she's successful in getting the fight to the ground, something that she's been successful in in their first fight and successful since, uh, she can make this a very tough fight for Angela Hill, who a lot of people think are j- is just going to step in there and win this fight really easily. I- I'm of the, of the other belief. I think the line should be slightly closer, maybe, you know, minus... 280 minus 300 max minus 350 on angela hill uh but ashley has all the chops out there to go and and make it a much more difficult fight for angela hill you know the first time they fought ashley euro was a purple belt now she's a black belt uh by all accounts all she's working on is just like cage control clinch control and trying to gain fights to the ground and then just using her you know superior black belt and and her grappling skills against her opponents and it worked perfectly in her fight against miranda granger where she was able to rack up 90 points but you know she looked really good in that fight she you know she she did a good job of getting the fight to the ground and controlling that fight and even in her fight against Lavinia Souza she had a great third round where she was able to kind of pick her apart from the outside but we know that's truly not uh Ashley Yoder's strong suit and being able to just outstrike her opponents and she's definitely not going to outstrike Angela Hill nor will Angela Hill have any cardio issues like Lavinia Souza did had in uh had in that fight so I do still like Hill here. I think she wins, but I just don't think she's going to score enough points to uh, justify that 9,400 price tag. I'm expecting closer to that 60 max 70 point range here for Hill. Uh, and I just don't know if that's going to be enough in a, on a card where I see, you know, more multiple finishes. And I don't think that Angela Hill will end up being on the optimal lineup uh, given her price tag and given her fighting style. So I like Angela Hill here, uh, but I do think she'll be my fate of the night at 9,400. Sleeper of the night, I got, you know, th- this one was a tough one to come up with because there's not too many dogs outside of Jason Witt that I'm a big fan of. Um, you know, Ashley Yoder, I-, I think she loses the fight. Um, Davy Grant, not a big fan of him either in terms of being Jonathan Martinez. And then it just gets tough. You know, I think Eric Anders isn't the greatest. Bilal Muhammad, I think he's going to end up losing. Um so I truly think that the only ones that really came down to f- for me in terms of sleepers was Ashley Yoder, Davy Grant, and then this woman, Jin Yu Fry. Now, she hasn't made the greatest account of herself in the UFC going on to, uh, to Kay Hansen and then Loma Lukbumi last time around. Um, but, you know, she was the Adam Weight champion over there in Victor FC. Uh, and I think that's the downfall for her is the fact that she's been forced to come up to 115 pounds here where she's just not that comfortable. Now, she is still strong. She does still show her strength in certain spots. And she did steal around from Kay Hansen there. And Gloria Paula is still quite young. You know, she's 25 years old. Uh, she only has seven fights. Uh, Jin Yu Fry has 15 fights. She's 35 years old. So that's a little bit of a detriment there too. But the one fight that we did see Gloria really start to struggle is the Isabel de Padua fight, which is only three fights ago. We're talking about a fight where the smaller fighter was able to get in on range on Gloria, kind of walk through the striking of Gloria 
clinch up against her, push her up against the cage, get the fight to the ground, and just control it from there. And that's what I feel like Jin Yu Fry could be successful in doing. I think she's stronger than Gloria. I think she'll be able to drag her to the ground. And I think she'll be able to, you know, kind of nullify the jiu-jitsu game of DePaula and kind of just grind her out. Now, I, I'm officially I'm picking DePaula to win this fight, but I'm trying to reach for you guys here in terms of finding a sleeper play. And I truly feel like a lot of people are going to be sleeping on Jin. And I think she has probably one of the best shots out of the other names that I listed in terms of sleeper of the nights. I kind of almost fully expect Fry to be the lowest owned. I'd kind of be surprised if there's anybody lower owned. Maybe Ray Rodriguez would be lower owned or even Ash Yoder would be lower owned. But uh, I truly think a lot of people are going to be sleeping on Fry here. And I think she has a legitimate path to victory. Um, and that's mainly just using her strength. We've seen her go five rounds before doing similar type of game plans. And I feel like, uh, you know, it has held up over five rounds for her. So I expected her to hold up over three rounds here against Apollo. DePaula has a couple knockout victories on her record, but I feel like uh, Fry has gone up against much harder strikers and she's been able to go either 15 or 25 minutes with them. So I think she'll almost kind of disrespect the striking of DePaula, try to close the distance, clinch up again, smaller cage, so it's a little bit easier for her to kind of close that distance and, uh, you know, push her up against the cage, possibly drag this fight to the ground. And that's a possible win condition for her here. It's just grinding this fight out, control time, significant strikes, you know, clinch control. I think that's absolutely possible. She is a very strong woman, especially when you see these women line up. Like the size advantage will obviously go to DePaula, but once you see how cut these women are, Jin Yu Fry is just easily one of the strongest women at these lower weight classes. So I think she can make it a tougher fight for DePaula. Now DePaula, the way she's successful is being able to keep this fight at distance. Her striking looks great. Her Muay Thai looks absolutely top-notch. Um, but I, I question the amount of power that's really coming behind that too. You also have to give the benefit of the doubt to DePaula here in terms of being able to improve on a fight-to-fight -fight basis, given that she's 10 years younger here than Jin Yu Fry. So maybe we might see a little bit more pop on the shots on DePaula. Maybe we'll see her get out of these clinch positions and kind of use, you know, out technique the strength of Jin Yu Fry in these situations. So again, this is a tougher card in terms of finding a sleeper. And I feel like the most slept on here will be Fry. So I'm going to try to make a little bit of a case for her. I'm not saying that you should go out there and, you know, uh, have Fry on over 50% of your lineups if you're a mass lineup kind of guy. But I will just, I'm trying to make a case for her to help you guys think, okay, maybe she is worth putting on a couple lineups here in case she goes out there and pulls off an upset. And I fully expect Apollo to be, you know, one of the more higher owned people on the on the slate. And uh, if, you, if you got some Fry and she pulls off the upset here, I think you're going to be sitting pretty, especially with the way that she could potentially win, which is just... Uh, control, 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 significant strikes, and uh, you know, obviously pulling off a potential victory as well too. So, I like Fry here. Um, I'll take it a win by decision. Um, from a DraftKings perspective, from actual betting and uh, you know, other perspective, prediction perspective, I think DePaula, you know, is rightfully the favorite. She should be able to keep her distance and keep this at range and get her strikes off. But that Isabella de Padua fight just sticks out to me like a sore thumb. So that's kind of why that I'm going with Jin Yu Fry here as my um, sleeper of the night play. Because I do think a lot of people are going to be sleeping on her. And uh, she should do a good job of you know living up to the 7,400. Maybe even outscoring that, that price tag if she's able to get the win here. Again, just, be, just tread lightly. That's all I'm going to say. She's 35 years old. She looks like she's regressing a little bit, but I feel like uh, out of 
again, the names that I listed before going into this breakdown, she is the one that most people will be sleeping on, and she's the one with the higher level uh, or path to victory compared to the other fighters. All right. Uh, main event, stackable or not. I expect it to go 15 or 25 minutes. I'm expecting good up output from uh, both people. You know, Bilal Muhammad does have pretty much double, uh, double the amount of strikes, double the amount of output of Leon Edwards here. But Leon Edwards does a really good job of kind of making his opponents fight to his level at, and making it a much more difficult fight for... Um, his opponents and getting their strikes off but i still think that we'll see high scoring from both guys maybe even if Bilal ends up losing still scoring in the 40 to 50 point range uh so yeah if, if you're a gpp guy head-to-head guy i think that um uh this main event is definitely stackable uh again before i get into my favorite range and favorite uh fighters in each uh salary range make sure you guys check out salvetri's patreon uh has a ton of great tools for you guys there ownership uh, and not to mention the new MMA optimizer he dropped recently. Check that stuff out. Link in the description below. All right, my favorite plays in each range in the six thousand dollar range. I gotta go with Ashley Yoder, sixty eight hundred. Um, you know, between her and um, between her and Ray Rod, or sorry, her and Davy Grant. Uh, I definitely lean Yoder more there. I feel like she has the the better uh, path opportunity of winning this fight and uh you know definitely beating uh out whatever david grant is able to put on the board there uh seven thousand dollar range i'm going with my dog and then i play which is uh jason witt 7800 i think he gets takedowns and i think he's very live for a submission victory as well eight thousand dollar range i like misha Serkinov at eight eighty three hundred i think he gets ryan span down without much issue and i think he's very live for a first round submission um you know no matter what happens in that fight i expect it to finish under one and a half rounds so even if it's ryan span potentially catching misha sirkanov with a with the big strike here uh, i still think that sirkanov has the you know technical advantages pretty much everywhere the only issue is his durability he's been knocked out in uh, i believe three of his last five fights uh but you know he's been looking great as of late and if he's able to just go for the takedown pretty much uh, right away i think he will be successful in doing so and he is just miles better than ryan span once his fight touches the ground and i think that misha sirkanov will lock up a submission victory or get a, a ground and pound finish of some sort uh in that first round so he is my favorite spot in that 8300 range because i believe he has the best shot to go out there and win in the first round and then uh $9,000 range obviously my lock of the night play here is Leon Edwards 9,000 I think he has a really good shot of scoring in the you know he has that five round uh capability um you know he he has scored in that higher range before I'm looking at the other spots too like Charles Jordan I don't really think he'll score that much uh Hani Yaya I think he goes out there and pulls off a first round submission victory too so I think that um you know he could definitely be considered as one of the best guys at that $9,000 range Jonathan Martinez possible finish but I feel like more of his uh uh victories will be coming by decision and I think that uh here against David Grant he'll just outstrike him from the outside again possible finish but I definitely favor Hani Yaya to get a get a finish more than I favor Jonathan Martinez and then obviously Angela Angela Hill my fate of the night at 9400 I think her line is just a little bit too wide um and her salary is just a little bit too high and I don't think she's going to be able to live up to that number so I do like Leon Edwards here at that $9,000 range. Already broke down the fight for you guys a little bit earlier. But uh, yeah, he's my lock of the night play as well too. All right. Shout out to Superdraft as always. Uh, you know, use promo code SAL. Uh, they will match your initial deposit 100% up to $500 in a slow drip format. So make sure you guys check that out. Uh, shout out to Superdraft as always for supporting the show. 
You guys can find me at MMALOTN on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you guys check my stuff out. As well as my Patreon, five bucks a month. You guys get a ton of perks. Link is, links are in the description below. All right. I appreciate you guys uh, hanging with me as always. Good luck on your fights this weekend. Good luck on your lineups, on your bets and everything. And I'll see you guys next week for another big event, UFC Vegas uh, 22 headline by Derek Brunson and uh, Kevin Holland. Can't wait to break that one down for you guys. Good luck. Subscribe and like the video as well. Make sure you guys do that on the way out. All right. I'll see you guys next week. Good luck on your bets and good luck on, on all your lineups as well.